Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. I think it's amazing how we can have Bible reading with people that aren't even in our country. Uh, I spoke to somebody this morning that is, that is doing it with someone in, in South Africa. Um, it's so cool that we can, we can read the same text, reflect on the same text with each other, um, although we're not in the same country. So let's start out by getting some feedback um, from you. Remember, um, it is amazing that God is doing this. Uh, some people say, I don't want to share my feedback because I don't want to seem to be like prideful or whatever. It's not about you. You're, you're not that important. Uh, <laughs> it is about what God has told you and how God can bless us all with you sharing. Great. So um, who's going to go first? There you go. Can we get the mic? There lot is coming with a mic. Thank you. Okay, I didn't realize when I started the one-year Bible that it was going to be as amazing as it is because there's central themes. And you can see the same theme going from every section through. So just an example, um, the other day I, I work as a social worker and I'd heard about something that was very painful that happened to a child. And I grabbed my cell phone and I went and sat outside just so that I can get at peace again. And then I decided, let me open up the Bible one-day Bible. I was sitting there. I don't feel like going back to office, but I'm a, let me just read this. And the piece I read was about um, justice, and this was a child who had been sexually abused, and grace. In other words, where God puts the two, and it was right through the Bible. And since then, that's been the message all the way through. So it's much more, ex- it's very exciting just to see. I just don't know how the Lord did it to make that same message, you know, whether it's about salvation or protection, it's just the same message going through, and it's such a revelation to see the Bible like that. Yeah. Who's next? Is there somebody else? It's amazing how God has a specific message for each specific person. And, and always just, I'm amazed at how, how it's, it truly is a living word. It's not, it's not just word. Carl? Um, yeah, I could... Uh, <coughs> hello. I can, I, can, I can just say it, it's really, it's really good. It's really fantastic. Like it's, it's, it's been, it's been wonderful going like through the whole Bible. Um, but recently, the, uh, the the part of covering Job's suffering and like how it's how it's not always related. Okay, Job wasn't sinful, and sometimes it's just um, you, you know it's there are just things that we don't understand. But God remains faithful throughout, anyways. And it's, yeah. and it's very encouraging to see, especially when, uh, when I read the piece about Job saying, oh, that my pain would be written with a pain of iron and that it would be written down and remembered forever. And now it's like 2020 and it's still written down. So he, God, God made sure that it was written down. You, yeah. Even then, you know, he didn't know, but it was, he was, it would be, there was a cause for it and it was, uh, it was for God's glory. So I, uh, I'm just amazed at how God works regardless. And, uh, And it's been very encouraging and very helpful to me. I'm really enjoying it. Cool. Lot? I'm so glad Lot has got the mic because he runs. He likes to run. (laughs) And with a swear. (laughs) 
Okay, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> um, I just completed Genesis this week, and the thing that really struck me was um, Joseph and how he cried over his brothers. Mm. It just amazed me that not only did he forgive, not only did he reconcile the relationships, but he wept over them, and I just couldn't fathom. <laughs> I was like, I'm literally having a hard time just to forgive or reconcile, but I must still, like, you know, pour my heart out on you like that. It just, like, when I was reading that, I was just like, he's so like Jesus. Mm. Like, he's probably the first, okay, not the first, but, like, I was just, I was just amazed. I was like, mm. how could anyone be so like Jesus? Like, mm. it just blew my mind. Yeah. Great. So, I feel like we as Christians make two big mistakes. The first big mistake is uh, that we, we don't think there's an enemy. Yeah? Um, there is an enemy. The second big mistake is that we glorify the enemy instead of glorifying God. And every time we go into um, the time of, of uh, prayer and fasting, I feel like we're tempted to always say things like, Oh, now, I'm under so much attack because I'm fasting, you see. And, and that's not glorifying God, okay? Uh, it's not. It's glorifying you. So let's just get over that and, and, and accept that there are struggles. And this is good for us. But let's not glorify the enemy. Let's glorify our Lord and, and God that takes us through this time and that we want to be closer to. It should be a happy month of fasting for us because it's a time where we put something away so that we can focus on God, so that we can come closer to God, so that we can increase our relationship with God. It should be a time of celebration, a time that we are so excited about. Um, but today, I'm not going to talk about prayer and fasting. Today... I'm going to talk to you about something completely or maybe a little bit different. I'm going to talk to you about relationships and our role to play in grace. I'm going to talk to you about does grace allow all behaviors? I'm going to be talking to you about how we sometimes don't see the real crux of the matter. So today I want to invite you to join me in the journey of getting clarity on our role to play in grace. Before we start off, I asked Franklin to help me um, with, with the reading part. There you go. Thank you, Franklin. Let's give him a round of applause. For when I asked him, he said, yeah, sure. <laughs> Thanks. On to, all right. Uh, Matthew 7, 1 to 14. Judge not that you not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they tremble them underfoot and tend, and tend to attack you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. 
And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to, to life. And those who find it are few. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, just about every year when we get to the time of prayer and fasting, there is one day that you pray for my brother. Um, I have a brother that was, for me, the example of what it is to be a Christian. He went to church every Sunday. He, uh, he did all the churchy things. He helped at the, the church events. And he was always to be seen in church and around church. And then my brother got married uh, to a lady that doesn't believe. And shortly afterwards, he said that he can't believe that Christ is God. I had a discussion with him at that stage, but I was fumbling around and I didn't understand a lot of basic principles. Um, I didn't understand grace. Uh, and, and therefore, my, my attempt to tell him about Christ was flawed. Still, we pray for my brother. And today, from this text that we're going to be reading, a lot of people read that this brother of yours, you shouldn't be spending time with him because he just doesn't want to accept it. Other people would say, you should not judge him. His way is also right, or his way is also good. He's a good person. And they're right, he's a better person than I am in many instances. So what is the issue with my brother? I hope the text today will give us clarity about my brother. And I hope when we get to the point where we pray for my brother, that you'll pray even more with me this year. So, let's have a look at our context. The text that we looked at just now is set in between two different sections. And it, it's all in the um, Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 6, it's basically Christ is telling people, don't be a hypocrite. Don't do things so that everyone sees you. Do it so that God sees you. Yeah? Don't focus on human beings. Focus on God. And then when this text finishes, it goes into a warning of false teachers that might tell you stuff that is not correct. And it says, when you hear my words and you use them and you live according to them, you will build well. You'll go forward well. So basically, it says... Don't do things to be seen, and don't stress um, about things that are in God's power, um, which kind of, I would summarize, fear, don't fear man more than you fear God, because very often we do things because we fear man and not because we fear God. And then it ends off with, watch out that you don't fall into the trap, that you think you don't need to change anything according to what you've heard. When we hear the word, it should be changing us. If it doesn't change us, our ground is not fruitful, and we're not going to be growing. 
There are two verses on both sides that I thought were, were valuable enough to just highlight them to set the context. The first one is Matthew 6, 33 to 34. Uh, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, because of that, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So a lot of people misunderstand um, Matthew 6, verse 33, because just before that, uh, Christ talks about food and clothing, and they say, ah, as a Christian, I'll always have food and clothing. What about the people in the persecuted countries? What about them? Did Christ not speak about them as well? If you read that text, you see that Christ says, is food more important than life? Or clothing more important than your body? So Christ talks about your life, your eternal life, your body, what you are. Is that not more important than the stuff we have? And therefore, if you focus first on the kingdom of God, all these things will be added to you. Eternal life and the salvation of your body. So afterwards it goes, and the, these are the two verses that I think are very significant. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does, does them will be like a wise man who built a house on the rock, which is Christ. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And I think this rock, and I'll show just now why I think this rock um, refers to Christ and the grace we have through Christ. Um, we'll see that just now. So it's, it's about relationship with God and relationship with God's word. That's what it's all about. If we look at the context, and if we look at our text, I think our text is all about our role to play in the kingdom of God with others. It's about relationship. So, relationship with others towards God. So the message I'm going to share with you today is going to have five parts for those of you that want to count when the sermon is over. Okay, so <laughs> part one is judge not. Part two is waste not. Part three is stop not. Part four is the golden rule. And then part five is word of caution. Okay, great. So let's start with judge not. This text Franklin read to us, so I don't need to read it to you again. So let's go to the next part and look at each verse in detail. All right. Judge not. What does it mean to not judge? That word judge, when you look at the original text, it says that you should not condemn or punish. You see, it doesn't say you shouldn't say something is right and something is wrong. It says you shouldn't condemn the person. That is what we shouldn't be doing. And then it says, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Okay? So, are you okay with the measure that you use? When you look at that person, you say, oh, that person's such an evil person. Are you alright with that measure? Can God look at you with that measure. Are you okay with that? We should be very careful of just judging 
people like that. We should judge whether things are right, but we should be very careful of judging people. But this is not where it stops. It continues. Um, it asks us, why do we see the speck in somebody else's eye and not the one in our eye? And, and, and I think that is really a challenge to us because we often see our sin in a different light than others. Might it be that we have double standards? That we say, oh, I need grace, I received grace, but you, what's wrong with you? Why don't you stop that nonsense? Isn't that how we often work? We look at our own sin in a different light than other sin. Okay, so it carries on. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye. So what do we, what do we need to do first? Okay, first take the log out of your own eye. In other words, first be aware of your own sin and your sinfulness. Okay, because then what will happen second? You will have clear vision. Because when you see your sin, when you realize how sinful you are, you will see with a clear vision. Your own sin doesn't stand in your way of seeing with a clear vision. And what is the third one? We often forget this third one. And I'm thankful to somebody in my Bible study that just reminded me of that this week. Um, The third one is, then take the speck out of your brother's eye. You see this text, we often read it, and we use it to bash people that try to help people to live a pure life. We're supposed to help each other to live a pure life. You are supposed to tell me, Ziggy, I don't think that is good for your future when you do that. I don't think that is in God's will. You should tell me that. What kind of a sister or brother are you if you don't tell me that in love and not in pride because you think you're not sinful? You see, we must correct each other. In love, knowing that we are not better than the other. We're just better off. So, are you having a clear view? You see, we are called to have a clear view. And if our view is cluttered with all these other things, we don't see everything as it should be seen. We should see our own sin so that it doesn't cause us to magnify the sin of others to divert away from us. That is how this thing starts. So judge not. I think there's a good text in Galatians 6 that tells us how to correct people. Um, Paul starts out, because if anyone is caught in any transgression, so if they do something wrong, you, you who are spiritual, I always think he's a bit sarcastic here, but anyway, uh, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness and love you should restore the person how do you restore a person you show him how to do it right you don't just tell him what not to do okay keep watch on yourself that you may not be tempted i think we need to remind ourselves by knowing that we are sinful and we are all falling often that we can also be tempted and we can also fall but grace doesn't say everything goes. It doesn't say we can now go back and kind of wallow in the, in the sin and just do what we want to do. I think Paul was very clear about that in, in Romans 6. He says, what then? Are we to sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. 
Do you know that if you present yourself to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey? Do you realize that when you don't care about sin and you just do it, you are sin's slave, you are sin's servant? If we're not passionate about getting sin out of our lives, we are sin's slave. We are not God's slave or child. We are sin's slave. We need to be passionate about it ourselves. Um, so, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks to God that you who were once slaves of, you who uh, were once slaves about <laughs> sin have become obedient. <laughs> it does sound funny, doesn't it? Um, obedient from the heart to the, <laughs> to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. This is a better way of being. Let's go back to Galatians 6. So Galatians 6 verse 2 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That burden we must understand what it actually means. If you look at the original text, it says it's a load. It's something that pushes someone down. It's an emotion that that person, person, is, person, person is experiencing. Okay? So, <clears throat> in some of your translations, um, the second time, our own load would also be translated as burdens. And this confuses a lot of people. So let's read this whole text. But bear one another's burdens, which is the load, the emotional load, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then um, his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. This doesn't say we should test our work and see, hey, hey, I'm okay. It says, test your own work, see where you are, and don't compare yourself to others. Because what we always do is we find somebody that's worse off than us, isn't it? You can always, even if you have to stop at Hitler, but you always find somebody <laughs> that's worse than you. All right? Okay? You always find somebody that's worse than you. Don't compare yourself. Check your own stuff and, and focus on your own stuff and be aware of it. For each will have to bear his own load. That own load, that own load is our invoice. The thing we need to do, the task we need to fulfill. So, now we are at waste not. Waste not. Do not give to the dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs lest they trample them underfoot and turn and attack you. This is probably, in this text, the most misunderstood part uh, and the most controversial because people have different ideas about what this means. So I'm going to give you my opinion. First of all, we need to figure out what is meant by dog and what is meant by pig. To do that, we need to go see where else it is found in the Bible. So I went to Second Peter and it was very interesting to me when I found this text, I saw it as first talks about false teachers. The text we are dealing with, afterwards it talks about false teachers. 
Interesting. So there must be something about false teachers here as well. Um, just for interest's sake, let's read that part, 2 Peter 2, verse 1 to 3. But false prophets also arose among the people. We always think they are somewhere else. <laughs> we as a congregation are called to check the person that stands here in front. If I am in the wrong, it's your duty to tell me, Ziggy, you got this wrong. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> JP is so tempted. Um, <laughs> Resist the temptation, JP. Uh, <laughs> just as there, were, there are false teachers amongst you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. So that swift destruction, people think, oh, false prophets should be struck by lightning straight away. No, they don't. They prosper. They make a lot of money because they're greedy. Okay? Uh, they, they don't. They're not destruct, destroyed immediately, but when you don't accept Christ as your Savior, you are destroyed immediately because he's the only road to everlasting life with God. Okay, great. So, let's continue. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And they greed, in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Um, it's interesting. You see that today, just as a side note. You see that today. How many times does Christianity get laughed at because of wrong teachings? Stuff people do. That's just ridiculous. And people that are not Christians look at that and they think, these people must be stupid. Huh? And it's, it's, that's what false teaching does. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle and their destruction is not asleep. Now at the end of 2 Peter uh, 2, uh, we get to the text why we got to this part. They promise them, still the false teachers, they promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. In other words, slaves of sin. For therefore overcome, uh, whatever uh, overcomes a person uh, to that he is enslaved, for if uh, after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. So they go back to where they, where they were before. The last state uh, has become worse for them than the first, for it would have been better for them Never to have known the way of righteousness, then after knowing it, turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. It's very difficult to reach my brother because he thinks he knows. He thinks he knows the road. He thinks he knows Christ. He doesn't. He knows religion. He knows what you do in church. But he doesn't know Christ. He has never known Christ. You see, when we show someone the gospel and they don't realize that they need grace, they don't understand the gift. And that's one of the biggest mistakes we, uh, we sometimes make. We, we want to give people grace so 
much because that is the gift. It's the most amazing thing we have in Christianity. But because we want to give them grace, we, we give it straight away instead of really thinking about, is this person ready for grace? Let's have a look at that last part. The dog returns to its own vomit, and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. Okay, so first, the dog returns to his own vomit. So, what the dog basically say, says is, hey, what can I say? Jesus got me out, out and I made it, uh, made it part of my life again. So, the dog vomits. I know it's gross, no? Dog vomits, and he goes back, and he eats his vomit. So, he got the bad stuff out. And then he goes and eats it again and makes it part of himself again. That's what people do. So Christ cleans them. They say, yeah, I, I, I want to have Christ as my Lord and Savior. But they don't understand that they were saved from something. So then they just go and they grab that again. What does the pig do? All right. The pig was washed clean by Jesus and then goes and wallows in sin again. Because that soothes the flesh. This, the pig wants his flesh to be soothed and feel better again. Yeah? People that tell you sin is only always a bad feel. Come on, be real. We wouldn't do sin if it was a bad thing. We do it because our flesh loves it. Are we on the same page? Okay. But you can't follow Christ. You can't be a slave of Christ, a child of Christ, and say, I'm okay to live as I want. You can't do that. Okay, so let's have a look at that text again. So dogs, um, they don't want to let the wrongdoing go or the sin go. And pigs, they will return to what they did before. But there's something we need to understand in this, this text here. It talks about something that's holy. In other words, it's precious and special to God. And it talks about pearls Pearls are sometimes compared to the kingdom, uh, so it is precious to God as well. But in this text, it is your pearls, so it's something that's precious and special to us. Okay, so what's happening here? What could this special and precious thing be? A lot of people say it's the gospel, and I agree with them. It is the gospel, but I think it's the pearl within the gospel that we are talking about here. It's the grace that we receive from Christ. You see, if the person is not ready for the grace, then you're not doing that person a favor by giving that person grace. Grace is only fruitful when it has fruitful ground. And if it's thrown on the hard ground, the birds come and take it away. So, what happens if we give grace to someone that doesn't understand they need grace. It's the same as you walking up to someone with this new kind of, uh, so we heard about this thing in China, I've just got this injection that I can give you, and it will save you, and you'll be good, and you'll be okay again. If a person like that walks up to me now, I would, I would kind of, I would, uh, um, I, would, I, I would laugh at that person, because what? Dude, did you hear what that stuff does? Like, Hey, if, am I stupid or did I just hear it's just a bad flu? Uh, why do you want to do this thing? And I'll, I'll laugh at his solution 
and I'll probably beat the guy because you're not putting that needle in me. No ways, man. What's in that thing? Where does it come from? Huh? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm trying to show you? If I don't understand what it's going to save me from, I'm never going to accept what it is. And I'm never going to see it as valuable. Okay, so, lest, so in other words, otherwise, they will trample it underfoot and turn and attack you. Just like the guy with the injection you don't understand. You will turn and attack that person. All right, so it, it carries on. Um, oh, <laughs> just to make the point of having the ground ready, in Galatians 3 verse 24, we read, So then the law was a guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. I read through this and I tried to get a translation that works the best for me to explain this concept. And guess what I found? To my surprise, the one that explained it best was German. <laughs> so let me translate the German translation for you. <laughs> okay. So the German translation says, so ist also, also das Gesetz unter unser Zuchtmeister geworden auf Christus hin, damit wir durch den Glauben gerechtfertigt würden. Let me explain. Okay. <laughs> I, I spoke in tongues. I'm going to translate my tongue now. Is there somebody else that can do that for me? Uh, okay. All right. It is allowed. So, um, so, so let me explain that. It says, so if the law is our discipline master, the one that disciplines us, okay? Uh, it, it became the discipline master that shows us toward Christ so that um, we are, through faith, justified. That's what it says. I know the English says a similar thing. I just wanted to put the German there. Um, and it reminds us of the parable of the sower, Yeah? Is the ground ready for the gospel? Is the ground ready for grace? If it's not ready, it will either get the person, the message stolen straight away, or it will get the person accepting it straight away and won't have any ground to live on and will die, or it will get the person taking it because he thinks, this is an amazing solution, I'm going to be okay and I'm going to be great, and then all the sorrows and the challenges come, and then they're going to say, ah, no, you might. Or it's going to have ground prepared. And then it's going to bear fruits. It's going to bring other people into the fold as well. You see, the law, as in Psalm, the law of the Lord is perfect in converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So, the third one is stop not. Right, so... Um, Let's have a look at this text. Ask and it. What is it? You see, we, a lot of people say to me, this text that you, you, you chose, Ziggy, it's like, it's like Proverbs. It's got this section, that section. It doesn't flow, dude. It doesn't flow. It does flow. This it refers to the free previous verse. Let's have a look. We said that the special thing, the, what is holy to God and what is pearls to us is grace. So, is it what is holy and your pearls? Is it what is special and precious? It is grace received from Christ. You see, if it is the grace received from Christ, then this text makes sense. 
So if the, the grace, if somebody looks for the grace from Christ, if they ask for it, they should receive it. If they search for it, they should find it. If they knock on the door of heaven and say, I want grace, they should have an open door. You see, we always, we're so self-absorbed. We think this is all about us. This is all about the other person. If that other person comes to you and he really seeks grace, if that other person comes to you and, and really knocks, that person is ready for grace. And then you should give that person grace because you see, God wants us to give that person grace because God wants to give good things to those that seek it. So, golden rule. We're nearly done. Golden rule. So, now, once again, this thing flows. It doesn't, it's not separate things. People read the golden rule and say, ah, oh, that's a good idea. It flows. It's all about grace. So, because God our Father has given us grace, we, we, we want to behave towards others as we wish them to behave towards us. So we want to give them grace as we wish that God would give us grace or that others should give us grace. We want to give the same grace to them. It's funny how the golden rule only works because we are so, uh, so in love with ourselves. Did you see how it starts? Yeah? So whatever you wish that others should do to you. So the Bible knows you wish good things for you, man. So it's no problem telling you to do whatever comes your way or what you want to come your way to give that to others. Then we know you are in God's will because we love ourselves so much. Then the last section, a word of caution. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and, e uh, and it's easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. It's not an easy way, but it is the best way. That is the message of the gospel. That is grace. Grace towards us. To accept that grace, people always say it's easy. No, it's not easy. Because when you accept that grace, you also accept the message. And you accept the burden of living a righteous life as much as you can. You accept all of that. Don't let false prophets, or should I say prophet, um, mislead you and say nothing needs to change. If faith does not change something in you, you need to ask yourself, do I have faith in the God of the Bible or do I have faith in a God I created myself? Remember grace. Um, it was given to us, so let's keep on giving it to other people. Let's give grace to other people. Um, clear your view of your own sin so that your grace towards others is a healthy grace, not a grace that says yes to everything, not a grace that condemns. Never make grace cheap. You're not doing anyone a favor if you tell them everything goes because you don't want to offend them. Then you are, don't be mistaken, you are a false prophet. You yourself are a false prophet if you tell people everything goes because the Bible doesn't say everything goes. 
Grace is findable. If you knock, if you plead, you will get grace. God promised that. Do the same for others. When you have a challenge with someone, if that person is knocking, pleading, searching, give them grace. We so often want to give people grace that have not even considered that they are wrong. And then you say, I forgive you. And they think, for what, dude? What's your problem? And they turn on you and think it's cheap. Like the pigs and the dogs. Don't do that to yourself. Give grace when somebody has realized they, are, they were in the wrong. But check yourself whether you are not the one that was in the wrong. Okay. Because of grace, treat others as you would like to be treated and you will be within God's will. It's no question. People always ask, how do I know I'm in God's will? Give grace as you would like grace to be given to you, and you will be in God's will when it comes to that. Grace makes the end sweet, not the journey easy. Um, so, when we look at this whole thing, don't condemn others. Okay? Um, be aware of your sinfulness as you help others. Grace is a precious gift given to us and that should change our lives. Tell those um, of grace that, <laughs> that see, tell those of grace that seek and ask for it. Whoa, if you can't, kind of, I can't even say it's my handwriting. Uh, give grace to others as you would like grace to be given to you. And it's not easy, but it's the best destination. Let's follow Christ in this whole process. Let's pray. Lord, I praise you for the grace that we received from you for relationships in our lives. I praise you that we can have grace to those that search for it. And I praise that you have grace to us when we search for it. Lord, help us that we share the gospel and grace after we've allowed the law to clean the, the space and prepare the ground. That we don't make grace cheap, but we let grace really change people's lives through your love and your grace. I pray that in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. This is Rico Vecca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.